It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Welcome to Time Enough Podcast. It's where we are taking one step beyond with the show, one step beyond. This is Matt here as always. Uh, returning is Sean. Hi. What's up? Hi. Hi how you doing? Uh, nice, and, uh, like in this transition into fall where I'm at, you know, we're out of the triple digits, getting into 70s, 80s. It's finally 50 degrees in the middle of the night. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's nice. I, I don't know what I'm going to wear to work today, so I'll figure that out later. Maybe I'll freeze myself off a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. There's usually one that one night in the year when I'm like, wow, I'm underdressed. I don't think we're there yet, but who knows? Yeah, that'll that'll be my confession, a much nicer confession if I do that, as opposed to uh, today's episode, the confession. Um, and then you said you've also just been kind of following the show from here. Uh, may, maybe yeah. I'm giving it a little more limelight than it's gotten in years i don't know <laughs> yeah. well it's like I, and i've heard you talk about this like with other um co-hosts you brought on they have never heard of it see i've actually heard of it from like just being in the twilight zone hitchcock like you know realm so i've heard of the show but i just i just never actually watched it until this year yeah like i like i said you know amazon referred it my way so i knew about it but this yeah. was the this uh little season seemed like the season to have a look at it so that's what we're doing yeah perfect uh, timing i'll give you a little trivia on this one the original air date was april 11th 1961 uh john newland of course is not only our host but our constant director as he directed every episode of the show the script was by our regular triumvirate of martin benson show creator Merwin Gerard and Simon Harcourt Smith. Donald Pleasance was Harvey Lawrence. He's got a place in the zeitgeist playing that ultimate Bond villain Blowfield and You Only Live Twice and Loomis in the first few Halloween movies. Our not-quite-dead Sarah was played by Adrian Corey. She was a victim of the ultraviolence in A Clockwork Orange and also appeared in that epic film Dr. Zhivago, which... Have you seen that? No. And you want to hear something else that's crazy? I have sure. never seen a Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Ever, like, you, I, I didn't see that till I was like in my 20s. It actually took a while. I, I mean, it, I've heard like everything about the movie. Like, how can you not hear about the scene that I'm assuming it was uh, Adrian uh, Corey, Corey went through? Yes. So, and, uh, yeah. Conversely, I don't know if I know anyone who's actually watched Dr. Zhivago. So that's a no, weird it, um. Yeah, she didn't have too much of a history. Like her, I went on her Wikipedia history. That was kind of like minimal and didn't count all her TV credits. But then you go on her IMDb history. She's got a lot more. And when I first saw her, I thought she looked familiar from like a Hitchcock Presents episode. But I looked it up and she was never on Hitchcock Presents. I mean, you know, I didn't immediately say like, oh, I saw, you know, her get smacked up in a clockwork orange. That, that was, you know, that came with trivia, right? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you get a pretty short prologue on this one. I don't know if that's good news or bad news for you, but no, it's it's fine. Here it is. If you could give us a quick read. All right, Hyde Park Corner in London is where a man can speak his mind on any subject in this world. But what brought me here was an old man whose subject had nothing to do with this world. So, have you encountered uh, screaming people on street corners? Uh, hmm. Well, I do live in California. And the homeless population up here, yeah. Yeah, I see I've seen people screaming on street corners and screaming various things other than that usually i've I've heard them in video games you know town criers and stuff like that (laughs) yeah i'm trying to think uh well japan we we have the uh during campaign season trucks will roll around just giving you the worst in noise pollution as they scream to you about the candidate so we got that uh i know back in university i I was in athens georgia which is the athens itself is a relatively progressive place being a university town but it is the deep south, and and the Bible uh, belt folks like to uh, shout on some of the corners there. I remember that happening at my university. So there was that. Uh, yeah. no, no one, no one confessing to murder like uh, this guy Lawrence Harvey. No, yeah. and you know, speaking of uh, him, you know, standing at the beginning, we got Donald Pleasant. Sorry, I'm having a mumble mouth here. We have <laughs> Donald Pleasance, you know, playing Harvey Lawrence, and he's the guy that's shouting all his confession. He's shouting, you know, to anybody that can hear him. And I thought a funny phrase was the two men that are staring at him in the beginning of the episode. They said he's shouting anything. He shot he shot the story over a hundred and thousand over a thousand and one times. And he acts like three hundred people are here crusted around him, hanging on every word. <laughs> When he said crusted around him, I don't know. I just, I like that description. Oh, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, he's been, if you say the same thing for the thousand and one times that he said it, obviously no one's really listening anymore. So, uh, no. John Newland and his uh, compadre are basically coming there to just, you know, watch the geek show at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, like, yeah, if I was in going to that park, I would think maybe after the first, like, no. Yeah. After the first week, be like, yeah, this guy's just, I don't know. <laughs> He's just uh, preaching madness here. <laughs> I Before, mean, little did we know about what he descended into. But. Right, right. You do need the story. So I, I guess uh, before even we get to the questions, I talk about does he deserve it? Um, I, we Maybe we should talk about what murder level these people are on, because uh, the only actual murder, I guess, is the one by the state which that's that's a whole can of worms there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know, when you go into this episode, you think Donald Pleasant, something's going to happen to him, but I mean, something does happen to him. We'll cover that as we go through <laughs> this episode. But um, I mean, one thing, uh, Donald Donald Pleasant in this episode, um, his madness that he kind of goes through. We can mm-hmm. just touch on that right now. It kind of remind me of the the guy, the flight inspector in the arrival. That you know did come to mind. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, there's just there's one like... other Twilight Zone where that happens. Um, Oh, oh, Death had revisited, but that guy was an absolute yeah. comeback. <laughs> I did have that moment, like when Donald Pleasance was in the courthouse and you heard the voices and stuff. The only thing there wasn't the ghost, you know, there wasn't the actual the people like standing there. So I will give, um, yeah, yeah, this, the, I will give that Lawrence Harvey is, is not as horrible as the uh, commandant guy in that episode. He's so if he's, if he's guilty, he's not that guilty. Um, 
which I don't know. We'll get into it. The, the, well, I could say, the, uh, and sorry to cut you off there, but it's all how you feel about lawyers, maybe too. Mm, yeah, yeah. There is the kill all the lawyers idea. Yeah. And they said uh, too when he was standing the um, standing on the street corner at the beginning of the episode, or in Hyde Park, excuse me. Um, he would he was a would be judge, so he would have been a judge, but the Senate into madness. Well, yeah. What I what I picked up on is uh, if he closes this case and the, and the state wins their murder case, he becomes like a full rogue judge, right? Yeah. So he even had that one. Uh, the judge that he was presenting his facts to, um, whatever, um, I'm assuming that was the judge, the guy with, that was kind of missing that front tooth. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see who he actually was. I don't know if he got credited on this episode, but he was loving the case that Donald Pleasance was presenting. He's like, oh, bloody good stuff, bloody good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so he's quite him. literally throwing this guy on, well, almost literally throwing this yeah. guy under the bus. He's, he is literally throwing this guy into a hangman's noose to uh, further his career is the 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 obvious thing there <laughs> yeah and like throughout this episode he kind of i don't know um he battles back and forth with himself about this whole thing because you know during this episode he's trying to get somebody committed but can we give away a spoiler can we oh give yeah away sure about and sarah in this you know yeah yeah so yeah. the ghost of sarah you know, I'm assuming the ghost, or maybe it's the real thing. Who knows? It's one step beyond. She comes into him and comes into his office. Um, shoot, now I lost my train of thought. No, actually, that's <laughs> interesting that you're. I never occurred to me that was a ghost. I yeah. took it quite literally as yeah, because if it is a ghost, then then. Donald Pleasant's character, well, I, Harvey Lawrence, whatever it was. Yeah, he, Harvey Lawrence. Then he's not really guilty of anything if it's a well, ghost coming back. And this kind of, you kind of remind me when I was going to say something too. Um, so, like, and this was kind of the spoiler corner. She, this ghost writes, you know, proof, like she writes and signs something to show that she is kind of alive. And this could be evidence for this upcoming case. But you have two times where Donald Pleasance destroys the evidence. One time he throws it in a fire. One time he throws it in the water. Yeah, that part's a, that is our little supernatural part that he keeps getting rid yeah. of it and keeps coming back. Yeah, or and then I guess uh, was it different scraps? Because each time he reads something different, but it could have all been on his. I think it's paper. and here's where the quality issue comes into play. Could you actually make out the writing on that note? I mean, we had to just assume it was what she was i want to say it was the same writing every time but she just kept saying different things right because it looked like, like i'm assuming she signed sentence. her name on there sorry yeah she wrote like i am sarah blah blah but then it's like he used to call me ginger like all the dialogue she says is on the notes yeah. later so yeah. I, she certainly did not write that much which does make it sound more like a supernatural thing yeah. no, I just and then, um, it, it never occurred to me that she herself was supernatural i really thought she was just like a, you know Shown to be like, I am running away from this as hard as I can, but I don't want him to actually die. <laughs> yeah. She even says, though, she's like, and I read this one guy do a review. It's kind of hard to find reviews on this, but she acted like she was going to take off and go somewhere, you know, after this, like move on with her life. It's like, yeah, I assume you, she was gonna go going to go to another town. I don't know, Manchester or something. <laughs> it's like, was know? she in purgatory this whole time? Is she, is she now is she going to fully transition to the afterlife? Like, no, I'm, I assume she's going to her sister's house in Manchester. So that this that brings us to a very, you know, on some of the Twilight Zones where 
yeah. whoever my guest is and, and when we're like wait wait we watched slightly different episodes there so and i did yeah. not you know it's it's the most fun when you don't expect that so <laughs> but yeah really? i took it very literally uh, i think one step beyond i'm taking them a little more literally in general because they're supposed to be um the the you know real life tales or whatever yeah and this uh episode had a good um what do you call the closing uh like narration of it the prologue uh, is the beginning it's the epilogue right uh, yeah that sounds right it was a pretty good like if i could have it was kind of long i would have wrote that down but <laughs> i liked when we read from the newspaper and everything too and stuff like that was you know i thought the whole closing epilogue that was pretty nice well done yeah, I did actually consider writing it down, but it was 7.58 and our Zoom started at 8, so <laughs> I got to transcribe yeah. these, so it yeah. wasn't going to happen. <laughs> but You know, it's funny, too, is because uh, I wanted to make sure I was hearing certain words in this and stuff like that, and um, you put subtitles on YouTube and stuff, and sometimes it's a 50-50 shot, like they'll throw yeah. in words in there that's not the actual word. Like, yeah, I got a little weird gibberish when I, I did that as well, especially the second time, and I, you know a little bit of it's yeah like i think at one point the judge that was uh in the office with pleasance he was like um bloody draw bloody done or something like what (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that's what he said (laughs) i guess that's one of those things where you don't necessarily have to understand the words as as long as the sentiment comes through um I do want to talk a little bit how how it hit you with what I guess we're going to call the cost saving device of not really having actors in this episode. Um, we don't see the murder trial defendant. Uh, yeah. We don't see the court. <laughs> I mean, we, he's in the room, but, you know, he's imagining the voices and and unlike Death's had revisited, he's not seeing any of the specters there. He's just talking yeah. to himself. So. Um, yeah, that's one part I think kind of hindered it. I mean, mm-hmm. it would have been cool to, I mean, at least have the judge there or something like. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of nobody was in that place. <laughs> it's kind of Shakespeare thing of the uh, the off screen action, right? Because yeah, uh, yeah, because they're like, oh, you're you're missing the swearing in ceremony. I was sitting there thinking at first, wait, 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 this he's missing the court, and then uh, no, he's already done that. We're past that. They're talking about him becoming a a lord or whatever. Yeah, yeah. The timeline of jumping back and forth kind of confuses me in this episode too. As does his hairline, because Donald Pleasance. Uh, there's the one part where he gets the phone call. Um, somebody returns his phone call. I forget what he does. This is like kind of like in the middle of the episode. He's got the whole receding like ma- male pattern baldness, like hairline thing going on. And then the next scene after that, um, I think after he's taking a walk on the bridge and he throws a note in the river and stuff, full blown bald. Like more, but like what? <laughs> that wasn't that much of time between that. Like, <laughs> I mean, they couldn't have shot this in a span of more than a week. Yeah, <laughs> Unless, who knows? Maybe they, for some reason, they had to do some kind of reshoot a few months later, and he yeah. just evolved in that way. And then he had that crazy man hair when he was in the madness, you know. Well, they explained that, right? So yeah, they, they said like... it turned to gray. And then too, with the court, like, so I'm assuming like he was acting out what was going to happen the next day in his head, like. When that whole like everything, like, oh, in the court, I think that was the previous day. Like it had already happened. Well, no, because mm-hmm. they said the next day is when they. Okay, maybe it is, but I'm just thinking because maybe the next day they said the next day is when they found them all gray haired and. So I was they, I was reading that it's two days after the, well, it might be a few days after the actual trial because it seems like they just dragged the uh, defendant off to straight up get okay. 
executed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I well, guess maybe that's what I, they do in 24. I don't know. I just, I just know at the end of the episode, it was just like um, once he got done having the courtroom scene and it just said the next day, I think that's when the narrator came in and he, um, the creator of this, he came in and said that they found him the next day, gray haired. And this is basically what he became. Right. So I guess and the then they, so they, I, it would be Sarah shows up, uh, whether she's real or a ghost. The next yeah. day, he does the trial. The guy gets convicted. He's assumingly executed within a week because I don't know. Yeah. I mean, with that last courtroom thing could be months later for all we know. Uh, yeah, they don't really say. Yeah, just like I wanted to know the timeline to when he, like, how long has he been that since he had his mental breakdown since the beginning in that courthouse to when he became where we see him at the beginning and the end of the episode, like, you know, talking on the uh, in Hyde Park. In Hyde Park, that's I assume that's supposed to be contemporary. So that is like 1961. It's yeah. you know many I mean, years it, after this. It would be sad if it was like yes, so like you know, decades and decades after it happened, and he just has been in madness for decades and decades. And that's decades. how I read it. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the crazy man in the corner. Because you got to know the story of the crazy man in the corner, right? <laughs> oh, and one thing that's funny, you know. Uh, women in their age and stuff, you know, I like women usually like to lie about age. I like oh, it yeah. when Sa when Sarah came into uh, Harvey's office and he was describing her as the victim, you know, and it says 35 and she's like, well, 29, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just to get that one year under 30, right? <laughs> maybe maybe because I'm a guy, I'm very straight up about people telling people my age if they want to know. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, that's, it seems like us guys are, but, you know, we Two things I've heard you never, you know, women don't talk about their weight. They don't talk about their age. I mean, I have <laughs> coworkers know. I've worked with for 10 years now, and I don't know exactly how old they are. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess they're not in their 20s anymore because we've been working together for 10 years. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, that's another funny thing in the courthouse, you know, when the uh, I mean, it's not funny for what's happening to him. But when Frank Malone, the guy that got convicted, was like, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I can't do a British accent. I didn't do it. And then for some reason, Monty Python popped in my head and I thought, bring out your dead. Yeah, sure. I mean, well, that's the thing. Since we're not being shown anything, it's it's basically yeah. like a radio drama at that point. So uh, yeah, it's your job to paint these people in. And if you want to paint in uh, Eric Idle looking disheveled, it's, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have another observation, throw it out. But I'm going to start the questions a little earlier than usual because I've been holding back on things about question number two for most of this episode so far. I, I, okay. I feel like that one's going to have a little more uh, of a discussion than usual. I mean, some episodes, like, yeah, this guy's a scumbag. Throw him in. But uh, I, th I think this one's going to have a little more. But uh, should we? Uh, who, who took the one step beyond in this episode? Do we throw that right on Lawrence Harvey? Do we include Sarah? Well, what's your take? I will answer that question, and then I want to just touch on two more facts uh, real quick. But okay. um, as far as who, I think there's only one person that really took it, and that's, um. well, you know, yeah. Actually, I could see Sarah taking it, but I'm wanting to go Donald Pleasance. Because, I mean, yeah. he sent it into madness. Him, for sure. Well, it's like... <laughs> for her, it depends on we go, if we go with the, she's actually a ghost theory, or we go with the uh, she's stumbling in and just trying to save this guy she doesn't like but doesn't want to die. Yeah. So if it's if it's the way I saw it, eh, not so much. She's she's weird in that case, but uh, she's not anywhere beyond. But yeah, obviously, if she's dead and she is a ghost, then she literally took that that one step beyond. I mean, you could be 
I guess, like, this isn't given. You could pick actually two people, you know, if you really wanted to. Like, it's kind of cheating, I guess. You really just want to give one, but you could you could really say both of them went to the, you know, one you step could, beyond. You can have two steps beyond if you want. Yeah, I two guess. steps. Yeah. Uh, you had two things you wanted to toss out? Yeah. Um. So the pen that Sarah wrote with, the ink, they brought it up as ultra, like when this, um, when Donald Pleasance is going to see if this is real and everything. Uh, when she uh -oh. signed her name, they had ultramarine blue ink, right? Uh, used on this, and the guy says that hasn't been made in years, and blah blah blah, and this and that. So I had to look it up on Google what that is because just I don't know, it sounded cool. Basically, just like violet. Okay, <laughs> it's like, and, and it's out like, of use. Yeah, it's, like, it's I, actually extinct. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it gets you can still find like pictures. Of, they say it is, but I think you could probably still find it if you wanted to, though. Yeah, well, it's kind of like how they say you can't have an actual banana anymore. Like we we don't know what bananas actually taste like because the good ones have been extinct since like 1955 or whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. what was the other one I was gonna say? Um oh yeah I thought it was funny that she had a pet name Ginger Sarah. And she was so embarrassed by it too. I'm like that's fine, I guess. I don't know. In Victorian <laughs> England is there something wrong? I guess we're and then a, past of course that, with her being a redhead in real life and um i would only know that by seeing pictures of her from not in this episode you wouldn't know or no i think she did get to describe as red in the in yeah. the description oh, yeah. he says yeah. he says okay, but uh, yeah, blue was, eyes red hair and made me think of uh ginger from gilligan's island for some reason i was like oh oh yeah did. That, i guess that's why i didn't seem embarrassed <laughs> she didn't look like, like that person but it just whenever i hear ginger i just think of gilligan's island yeah yeah i mean a few years later i mean either that or the gingerbread man ginger. but She's right. not a gingerbread man. But yeah, I guess it was just um it was just that and then just some of the words like cruddy, I mean uh crusted and ruddy. <laughs> I don't know. I thought and then ruddy they gave me two definitions online. It said on uh British use it as a euphemism for bloody, and then the American version is a really red face or skin color. Of course, in English English, if you're saying bloody, you're being way more um offensive, I think, than in yeah. American English. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, uh, you know, doing podcasts with with guys from the UK, I've actually stumbled into a few oopsies sometimes because uh, the the worst being um in American English, I guess going on a bender is a, a big drinking binge, but that it's different in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I forget that came up in one of your episodes. Yeah, you did mention that before. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, the way I was using it. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember I, I referred to Peter O'Toole as being on Hollywood's biggest bender. Me being like he was going on massive drinking binges, but uh. <laughs> that meaning something quite different in, in English, English. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like I said, I feel like there is a lot of discussion if Lawrence Harvey deserves all of this. Um, and, and now that you, because I was basically on my Sarah was not a ghost, but yeah, now that we're talking about the ink again, I'm like, oh yeah, but she did use the pen from like the past. And, but it was like two weeks ago, right? I, I don't know. It's a, yeah. a little confusing. So she had written, I thought they were looking at the old document and it had been written a long time ago, like the paper and evidence that was like from five well, years ago or something. Donald Pleasance was looking at the old document and then she tore off a piece of paper and signed the what was supposed to be something that looked like what was on that document. Okay, maybe, she keeps, maybe she keeps a pin in her pocket. I do. So yeah. if, I, if I were writing things down, and it was also, it be they the said it was, it was also written on blinky something paper like blinky factory or blinky mill or something who said wasn't hadn't been around for a long time either yeah but he said that it's not impossible that 
it yeah. would be on that, but it's just not likely. But yeah. you know, he was like, Yeah, the ink's impossible, but but that's not. But yeah, his deserving going his trip into madness really changes depending on how we go with the ghost version or the Sarah's actually appearing version. Um yeah. if she's actually appearing i think that, that if that's really her that really brings in his that really puts him in a gray area because she says basically he would beat the crap out of her right so it's not yeah. like this guy is great or anything she's like i don't want to see this man again i just don't want him to die because i ran off so and yeah. that didn't work <laughs> her little pitch yeah. failed in that case yeah um well um were you oh were you finished with your thought or uh, you can respond okay um so anyways when he was thrown in the when he threw the evidence one time in the, um, the evidence from sarah in the, in the lake or the, the creek whatever that was he threw it over the bridge into the water uh river she was like you're you're just determined to have him hanged aren't you it's like so i think sarah kind of like battles back and forth does she care about frank does she care like in one way she's trying to get him She's trying to not have him convicted. In the other way, she she didn't want to be with him no more. Like, there's a little confusion here. Like, yeah, as I said, I read it as she definitely does not want to be involved in his life anymore. She probably did not expect him to get, um, yeah. you know, grabbed for her murder charge, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I could see that. Like, I I I ran from the sky. The response was a lot stronger than expected because now he's about to be executed. So. I could yeah. kind of get that. I mean, honestly, I'll, uh, I kind of like that play because that now has a man so driven to become a lord that because if he if he does not win the case, I guess he doesn't become a judge is or nice yeah. and not now. And everyone's yeah. already congratulated him ahead of time. So and he was already trying on robes and stuff, which oddly to me looked a lot like a Santa Claus robe. But I don't know if you caught that, like the the the, the lower parts where it was kind of furry and it looked like a Santa Claus robe. I don't know what that was all about. Uh, he, he did. He, uh, he definitely needs the uh, wig as his hairline recedes. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to answer your question if he deserved it. Um, the reason why I said that he does deserve it is because it seemed like until the end, when stuff you know was so-called hit the fan, he was battling back and forth whether he wanted to believe this. And two times he tried to get rid of this evidence. So it's like. No, dude, I think you kind of do deserve this. Because <laughs> you know, the time you brought it up, a little too late. Well, it's it's like that thing where let's let's dial it down from a murder trial. And, you know, you have certain plans. You're on vacation or something. You expect this to happen. And then suddenly something changes and you get grumpy about it. So this is like kind of that. I mean, it's a bigger thing. This is his career. And yeah. it's a it's a. 13th hour change that's going to derail that career you know everything's it's like i've already i've I've already succeeded and now there's a very strong reason to change your plan so for anyone i mean when you put yourself in the shoes you it is you have to change your mindset and it can be a little frustrating (laughs) and something tells me two lawyers they care more about their win-loss record yeah, I mean, he's not really thinking about a man's life, which yeah. I guess is yeah. why, I mean, that's what's sending him into madness in the end, uh, regardless of how much of this is supernatural or not. he He's like, oh, my God, I did it. And I did have a notable shadow of a doubt, which I 
kept to myself or threw in the river or whatever. So, yeah. So um, he definitely uh, what do they call it? Um, perjury. He's he's perjuring. I guess is that is that the right term? Yeah. I know it's not you know malpractice. Would be if he's a doctor. I guess it's perjury if you're a lawyer. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I think that's the correct term. I'm not too hundred percent, but it sounds about right. That so sounds very, like a courtroom word. He's very yeah. He's very guilty of perjuries. He's not actually doing his job, and he's he's getting rewarded for it in the end. I guess because he's keeping his mouth shut. Well, now yeah. he's not. He's on the street corner, but nobody cares anymore. So no, <laughs> no. I mean. That's a hell of a, you know, I mean, I do say he deserved it, but I don't think nobody deserves to go into madness for that long. <laughs> but, but also from the modern eye, you're just like, that's Blowfield. Of course he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or not. I mean, there are Bond villains. I do, I do need to see more Bond films. Um, I grew I, I, up during the, I grew up during the Pierce Bronson era. So that's basically the most I ever saw. I've never touched the Daniel Craig era. I've saw, Timothy Dalton ones. I've seen one Sean Connery one. I don't think I've seen any from the Roger Moore. Oh yeah, one for uh, Octopussy is Roger Moore, right? Or is that yes. Sean Connery? Yeah, that's, I've seen that that's one. Roger Moore. No, yeah. well, actually, I was going to throw out Goldeneye as the one where, gee, that's a Bond villain that was probably correct. Yeah, because <laughs> he was yeah. he was like trying to reset the world's financial thing. I mean, it's the end of Fight Club, basically. It's it's except, yeah. Um, uh, spoiler: Sean Bean's character dies. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah he does yeah hell of a but... fall too <laughs> oh yeah i've seen goldeneye <laughs> definitely yeah well that's one where i'm like saying hey the villain was probably right in that one because he 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 broke yeah. away from the system he had a moment like donald yeah. pleasance did in this episode where he was like yeah. this system's kind of broken and uh they make opposite decisions so um, you know one thing i never understood as a kid watching goldeneye because i was like a kid growing up when that came out and you know the video game was big at the time on nintendo 64 oh yeah i know you're not too much of a video game guy but did you know the big old hoopla that was goldeneye on the n64 it oh, was kind of yeah, like a big I yeah definitely did some goldeneye on, on the n64 yeah. um that woman who like locks her legs around people and like squeezes them like i'm like i was trying to understand like how all that works as a kid like what's this all about <laughs> like, <laughs> She's got was she thighs. killing him with sex? Like, what was she like? What was she doing here? Like, <laughs> no, just a this... kinky. It's just a kinky execution. But I, I yeah. assume her. She got. She had ripped thighs. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was my assumption at least. But yeah, it was kind of like that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen War of the Roses. Have you with Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas? I mean, I know all of it, but I've not. Okay, seen there was one. a scene where they're fighting in the movie, and uh, they act like they're going to make up, and you know, have a little makeup uh, sex, and. uh she wraps her legs around him and squeezes the crap out of him. Like, oh, my back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe that's an accident or not. I guess that's why it's uh that's supposed to be the um the the baldy comedy of it all. Because yeah. I mean that was Michael Douglas's role around nineteen ninety. He was he was the guy you were supposed to love and hate and was going to have lots of sex. Yeah. <laughs> you love him and you hate him at the same time and he's horny. That that's you know, nineteen eighties Michael Douglas. Yep. <laughs> but uh some of these episodes, yeah, though, just again, it's like that's Blowfield. Seeing these actors that would later show up in other things, it's sometimes it colors the episode. Oh yeah, like in it. Twilight Zone, uh, you get Doctor No, right? Exactly, no. and yeah. who is basically playing a supervillain, so it works there. But you know, you yeah. got Shatner showing up in very uncaptain yeah. Kirk uh, appearances, which is yeah. great, but it, it's just hard not to color that on the onto the old twilight zone and one step beyond maybe it doesn't quite it's pretty pretty rich with uh who shows up in it actually so 
I just yeah. wish I knew the story, like, because, you know, I'm going to actively, like, watch the, you know, hopefully seek out the rest of these. You know, I'm, I'm sure it's going to be hard to track them all down. <laughs> I just wanted to know why Amazon only sells, like, 70 episodes, I think it is, when there's, like, 20 or 30 more. Yeah, yeah. It, and, and it's sometimes different sets of episodes, too, that are in those 70. So um... so they must have, like, since they are, uh, uh, what is it called right now? Like, they don't get paid. This is, like, free. Public, get it. public like, domain. domain. Maybe they don't have a backing dvd or blu-ray company you know that wants to put them out like they don't do these are or... these are just those kind of like um i think there's a season one set that's somewhat legit but yeah the rest yeah. of it is just you know like bargain houses that the best will... i can find was it was like a six disc 70 episode set yeah yeah and that's that's one of the reasons i never bought in the first place you know but yeah again they're all on youtube and if the quality on the dvds is like most of the episodes not this one this one's a very good watch so uh yeah. anyone listening should watch this one because it it again it's not like blu-ray quality but it's, it looks no. like a, a proper and you know show. I, I wanted to ask you so you just mentioned blu-ray um are you one of those people that like kind of think if you like blu-ray movie like uh, i don't want to say this like black and white and older stuff shouldn't be converted to blu-ray because then you see more technical faults in it you know Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Star Trek. You, I mean, that's much more recent, but like you see like yeah. Worf's makeup lines and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, going by stuff like Casablanca and Citizen Kane, I'm like, put it on Blu ray. But the, yeah, actually, Citizen yeah. Kane, I watched it on Blu ray and the uh, makeup holds up on that one because yeah. he has the pretty extensive old age makeup and yeah. that still looks good on Blu ray. So there's also I, people also, oh, um, go ahead and make your point. I think I'm, I don't mind seeing the flaws. Um, I'm trying to think of any time it really bothered me. For me, it's kind of charming if you see that, because obviously for years people didn't see it and they weren't supposed to. And now that yeah. you do, uh, what I didn't like as much was when they redid the effects in the original Star Trek and they tried to make it kind of look like model work, but it was still CGI. And I, I, I just want to see the sixties effects now. So I oh. don't, in that case, I'm, I really, I have my old Star Trek DVDs. I guess so you can watch the originals on Blu-ray too, but yeah, I, I'm not so much into those remastered versions. Yeah, usually if I collect an old show on Blu-ray, Blu it's more for the extras. Like if I ever get Twilight Zone on Blu-ray, I already have it on DVD. You know, if I ever get it on Blu-ray, it's going to be solely for the extras. It's not going to be, you know, I'm not buying it to see Twilight Zone in 4K or you know whatever. Yeah, I got the Blu-ray simply because why not? You know, and I had or 1080p. I had, excuse me. Yeah. yeah, um, I know in the Twilight Zone. Uh, Eye of the Beholder, I think maybe that one lost a little bit from being. So oh yeah, those clear. videotaped ones probably you can really spot. Yeah. Oh, that's actually not one of the videotaped ones, but that's one where you're not supposed to see anyone's face oh, yeah. until you, the end. For but some you reason, of, I get a. You kind of can now, so. <laughs> yeah, no, I like heard you, you saying. For some you, reason, you, I get Eye of the Beholder and Twenty Two sometimes mixed up. I can see Just that. Yeah. But yeah, like you see the Doctor Sands makeup in the shadows once or twice when you're watching on Blu-ray, and I'm pretty sure you would not have on 1960 television. So, yeah. At the same time, like, I'm like, it's you know, kind of charming, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't blame them. They certainly weren't expecting people in 2022 at the time to be watching it on Blu-ray. So. Oh, and you know, pretty soon we're gonna have 8K and all that. I mean, it's already out, isn't it? 8K. Yeah, I, 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 crazy. Look, we're, you're I, in Japan. Guess, you're you're ahead of the curve. You should know. <laughs> Let's see. I got this. Okay, 4K Ultra HD is what Star Trek: The Motion Picture is. I can't yeah. watch that. It just it also comes with the Blu-ray. So yeah. So um, 
when Star Trek changed their their stuff up and added things, that was kind of like what um in the nineties what Star Wars did, where they they did the remat the what did they call it? It was like special editions or special editions for those, yeah. Like and where they had to give more thing to that. Um, God, I wish. <laughs> I'm not. That, I, I know Star Wars, but I'm, I'm not good with the names. But you know that little trap in Return of the Jedi, like when they had that. Then they had a beak to it and tentacles and stuff. Oh, the Sarlacc. Yeah, I, yeah. I prefer the old school Sarlacc. I mean, yeah. which leaves it to your imagination. Um, yeah. When I do watch Star Wars, I did watch the despecialized ones a few years ago. You know, you have to yeah. like download those or whatever. Um, yeah. So usually I'll watch my Blu-rays, which are the whatever, either the most recent or the the one most recent ago. And yeah. yeah, when it's when it gets to like Maz Eisley or whatever in the first movie, and everything's just crowded now because they just added a bunch of crap, and it's like, yeah. don't, don't. <laughs> I know we're going off uh, the rails a little bit here, like with different discussions, but I just I want to ask you why we're just on Star Wars. Are you for or against that uh, singing scene in Return of the Je- uh, Return of the Jedi? That whole musical number. Oh, I'm pretty against that. And I'm really angry that they took out the Ewok song at the end of the movie. Um, when we watched it for the Films and Filth podcast mm-hmm. a few months ago, at that point, I actually just stopped and watched the the original ending on YouTube because I wanted my yeah. uh, Yub Nub song. Yeah, that's like the the happy Ewok ending, isn't it? Or whatever. Like... Yeah, yeah. Because they changed some new age thing in, in the later versions. Yeah. And then, like, didn't the Blu ray version, like, add a. The guy that played um, Skywalker, they switched the original Skywalker out with the dude that played him in. Oh um, uh, yeah, yeah, Hayden Christensen. Yeah, Hayden Christensen. Yeah, Honestly, I know a lot of people were like, "Err about that." Like that didn't bug me as much. It was I, I felt bad for the guy that originally played him because he's just yeah. been kicked out of the movie. But <laughs> yeah, he has. <laughs> Jeez. That didn't. That doesn't bug me too much. But yeah, uh, losing the Yub Nub song does. Um, what what did I actually like? Uh, the chain. Uh, Empire came out best because most of the changes is like, oh, now you can see outside the windows. Of oh, Cloud, Cloud City. City. Yeah, that's awesome. Those yeah. are those are positive changes. So I'm, I'm yeah. not just going to throw the whole thing uh, down the toilet. There were there were some positive changes. But yeah, if yeah. I'm given the choice between watching the despecialized or the, the special editions, um, uh, and then it's the same amount of ease to watch them. I guess I'd go with the despecialized. I guess you could say uh, the special editions were the beginning of George Lucas kind of damaging his legacy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the, yeah. a lot of the prequels have. I still not into the prequels, but they've sort of been. Um, their reputation is better than it was fifteen years ago. It seems when so. I when I saw the prequels, I tolerated episode one because, like, I was like in fifth grade or sixth grade at the time when that came out. It was big hoopla, so I watched that. That was cool. And then you know when I was in high school, the third one came out, Return of the Sith. I just totally skipped Attack of the Clones for some reason, and it just didn't never interest me. I never do want to see it, but I know. That spawned a whole like series and everything, and people like the Clone Wars. I don't know; it just didn't appeal to me as a. The series is I'm... pretty. I I watched the series. It's it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I've watched the movie Attack of the Clones once on opening yeah. night. Uh, same yeah. with Rise of Skywalker, which may not yeah. get watched again. <laughs> uh, sorry, I should uh, before I don't mind doing a tangent or whatever, but uh, I do mm-hmm. want to put the tripometer on. The yes, discussion. I love this question. This is one of my favorite questions. That, you know. You okay, uh, where would you like to place this on the tripometer? I'm going crazy here. Going crazy. Go crazy. 3.75 or four. Okay. I can even okay. go four. Okay. Just because, and this is sounding of like, because I can relate, um, you know, I mean, I can't relate, but I would never want to be in this situation 
of like where he was in the courtroom hearing those voices um making me go crazy it was kind of like when i was on here talking about the jungle and he's hearing all the animal noises and stuff like that like dude that's one of my worst fears you're like nobody around me i'm just stuck in my own madness hearing all these things so audio hallucinations are your yeah and to be in that like just crazy like just i keep saying madness that's all i I just keep calling this to be in that for the rest of your life is just yeah that's that's as trippy as you get i have a fair amount of audio hallucination not like that of course but and you might have saw a ghost you know so when when i'm halfway to sleep sometimes i'll just hear like random phrases i mean it's not like a brian wilson thing like yeah you're terrible that not nothing like that you know it's just like just kind of like i'll think i hear something and and i really don't or um the vacuum cleaner at work one vacuum cleaner at one office i swear i always hear voices when i'm using it something about the way i the the rug and the and the motor and the vacuum cleaner because i'm always like you know asking their guy there hey did you just say something he's like no (laughs) because yeah the vacuum cleaner is making me have a think someone's talking i mean i can't make out what it's saying but yeah yeah so, but yeah nothing yeah standing in a, in a where you had just had your greatest success in the eyes of the world knowing that you just killed a man and then having it all come back as an audio hallucination is would be pretty nasty but that's where death's head revisited is maybe like a little stronger strength because yeah and it took him less time to go into madness wasn't that less than 24 hours less than that less than 12 hours they said like yeah yeah that (laughs) death's head revisited was i think the whole thing was like he shows up that night checks in the hotel and the next day he goes to the camp and and in that case very deservedly goes crazy like this guy like if he's mad for the next 40 years you don't really feel bad about this guy I mean, he let, let, let's call him a twit. He's he's an upper class twit. Okay. Yeah. So he's unlikable. Um. And yeah, and he did just do something pretty horrible. Uh, but does he deserve thirty years of madness? I don't know. The, the arrival guy is the one I feel the worst about, right? Because he he just couldn't solve crack the case, and it drove him mad. Which yeah, is, he was befuddled or whatever you would call it. <laughs> yeah, so I feel real bad for that guy. But uh, so this guy's somewhere in between. Like he kind like of. I hope. Um, I forget what I gave. Over. Sorry, I talked over you there. Um, oh no, that's okay. I uh, I was gonna say like I know shadow play when we were doing Twilight Zone, and we were talking about the season and stuff like that. I wasn't on for that episode, but I think I was on for the the season wrap up. I think I rated that. I I hope I rated that a four or a five or so. I know I rated it high, but because I couldn't have rated this one higher than that, that wouldn't make sense because it's no. not as trippy as like a shadow play. But no, I gave that one a five. And um, yeah, before we went on air, I was probably thinking two point five myself. Uh, now that we've, I guess you kind of illuminated the more subtle supernatural corners. I guess I'm willing to crank it up to a three point five, especially because. Yeah. Uh, you and I came away with completely different ideas about what was happening with Sarah. So to me, that's okay. When an episode appears differently to two people, I'm usually like, okay, I have to up my rating uh, in that case. (laughs) (laughs) So that that's where that is. Do you have any uh, final points you want to throw out on this confession? Um, That's anything. Donald Pleasance and his voice and his accent. I think I would listen to him narrate anything like (laughs) You know, like you have those uh, that audible.com and you can like audiobooks and stuff like that. Like you want me pick to pick a book and I would love you. him just love him just narrate it, you know. Okay. Yeah. Well, then it's a phone book, right? You give him the yeah. phone book. Yeah, he can read off the, the phone book. <laughs> right. So man, do we even have phone books anymore? I don't know. 
You know, I still get them once a year. Okay. I don't think we do. Here. They're really small compared to what they used to be. But uh, every July, I still get them. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They used to be murder weapons in their own right. So. Yeah. And, you know, sadly, I can ne- never tear one in half. You know, did you ever know anybody that could do that? Tear a phone book uh, in half? Uh, no, I didn't hang around the dojo. So. <laughs> I, I guess my only final thought is um, we didn't talk that much about the fact that the guy that is executed apparently beat his wife to a pulp every few weeks. And uh, yeah, yeah, that that unfortunately, yeah. that's probably very true for early 19, 20th century. I was just going to say, can we chalk it up to early marriage? You know, back in the day, like <laughs> early night, early 90s marriage, like early 20s, yeah. 20s, <laughs> early 20s. Early 19, that's what I was going for. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you, what are years anyway? But yeah, yeah I, I almost feel like we gave that short shrift, so I just kind of felt like I should bring it up again because uh, it's not like that guy was innocent and she was getting out of a very toxic situation. Did that guy deserve death? Oh, geez. I mean, he got killed. Uh, he didn't murder anyone, but he's, he tried to, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Attempted. I, I, this is, I guess, why I'm pretty hard line on yeah we shouldn't have a death penalty that's just my own vibe but for reasons like this like well this guy does suck but he didn't do that you know you know back in the day and with shows like this and stuff and um i don't but know if, when it turned if, if, if sarah is a ghost though then he did kill her but there's no body okay yeah, yeah. no like the guy said there was no corpus whatever he said like i <laughs> forget the words he's it was court terms yeah, I guess that's where once you start thinking about the pen and the paper and the reappearing evidence, I mean, yeah, it gets a lot more. Ghostly, I think of the twenties but... though; it was a lot. I don't think they had cadaver dogs and all that stuff. I think it was a lot easier to hide the body in. Well, I'm just saying, it's it's just the shadow of the doubt then, because I yeah. was like, oh no, it's it's in it's clear that she's alive, so he really is just executing this guy to further his career. Whereas if it's just a shadow of a doubt thing that. Makes the lawyer a little bit less guilty in his own right. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's that's the fun gray area to talk about because I was not at all expecting to get into that gray area today. I was just like, yeah, clear cut. He sent a, a not quite innocent man to to the gallows. And um, this is the second time I've seen a show with Donald Pleasance in the 60s. What was the other looks one? even older. Uh, it's Changing in the Guard. You haven't touched that yet on a time enough podcast but when you get to change into the guard at the uh, end of season three. Oh, okay he plays a really 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 old pose- uh professor right okay yeah yeah. yeah yeah i was like what's up within the 60s him playing really old guys <laughs> yeah well uh we had barry moore show up on this and twilight zone i think looking well actually looked pretty old in the 70s space 199 being a very different character in the tv shows i guess because he's so chill on space 1999 he was so evil in these anthology shows <laughs> yeah although this this is pretty much i mean this this lawrence harvey is uh, it's not too far to get to blowfield as far as the acting is concerned and and i'm yeah. not so familiar with the halloween movies um dare i say i haven't actually watched Ooh. one or two so and i'm oh. a carpenter fan i don't know why i haven't seen the first one hey That's i'm like, one of those oddballs that actually likes uh three season of the witch so. I know a lot of people. I mean, it's just it's, a, it's not the same franchise. Basically, it's a different story, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, um, I, like the Nightmare on Elm Street two. I, I kind of like that one. People generally hate that one. I uh, mean, it has a really cool climax, like with the party scene and everything. 
Yeah. But then you have scenes like somebody getting their towel, their butt whipped with a towel in the locker room, and you're like, <laughs> "What does this have to do with anything?" Like, this is like, "Oh, this is Freddy with everything." <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess he was in high school or whatever. Those right. 90s, those eighties, nineties hazing days, you know. Well, the the second one, I there's the fan. Th- I, maybe it's more of a fan theory that you kind of watch it as, uh, like Jesse in that movie is basically like in the closet. Yeah, and, I didn't know if how we can if we could open that can of worms or not. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> when you, piece, yeah. no, just when you watch it that way, it, it is a much yeah. more interesting movie. Yeah, people so, will try to say that's like a LBGT movie or whatever, you know. <laughs> right, which I've heard people push back on that too. But if you, you know, it's one of those things where if you watch it through that filter, it makes it a lot more interesting, uh, regardless of what the filmmakers are actually thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like sometimes in the Twilight Zone, more more of the I feel like One Step Beyond doesn't isn't quite as like um well i guess i'll say progressive again um yeah but yeah some of the things in twilight zone is like what what were they trying to say exactly because we're watching we're watching it through a modern filter and sometimes it's hard to tell um and is it kind of weird to say like i wish this episode was longer i kind of done with i would have did a little more background but yeah well that's i guess that's where i was like having all the courtroom scenes never seeing the accused never yeah. seeing the court happen it's all just played out as an audio hallucination yeah. drama so uh maybe that's what felt a little bit lacking i thought it was an interesting choice and i mean probably a budget choice in the end but still kind of interesting to see so yeah or experience it that way <laughs> i was looking through episodes of this uh series and i was I saw one that caught my eye. i think it was called what happens at twelve seventeen. I was like, oh, I want to know what happens at twelve seventeen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's like four o'clock from tw- season three Twilight Zone. What happens yeah. when it's four o'clock? Oh, you'll see. <laughs> no, there are a few. I, I basically, in choosing the episodes, just went um, looked at the ones uh, that were higher rated on IMDb because yeah. I just you know, I assume they're not going to be terrible. If you know, it's yeah. it's not like again, it's not like a Star Wars movie where you can't trust the ratings. I'm like, eh, for one step beyond, I assume people are probably rating these relative. And I know some people get kind of. J- and i know luke's not a fan of imdb <laughs> <laughs> and i know some people metacritic is another one they can't fully trust either and rock right. some people can't trust rotten tomatoes and but I some like... people are more user review friendly than critic review friendly it's kind of like you know different strokes for different folks yeah i mean you know some of my favorite movies people hate yeah. so whatever <laughs> like i found a really good user review like a uh, couple paragraph user review on this episode on imdb yeah, so there are someone's watching the show, and well, we are yeah. now, so that's cool. Yeah, and I do like how you bring that up in uh, films and filth, uh, <laughs> especially the Pokemon one that pissed Luke off. <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> <laughs> dude. I liked you in that Pokemon episode too. You're like, I'm so lost here. I I'm just here, guys. <laughs> I was a little I was a little stressed <laughs> out on that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Luke has kind of brought me back into the Pokemon world after like twenty something years and listening to the show and all that stuff. Well, and the double whammy of uh, Mark was ill, and I didn't have a chance to watch it the night before, so I hadn't actually watched it for two weeks at that point. And you had uh, the video game thing working against you, too. True, true. I'm still in that <laughs> You're not too much of a gamer these days. Which, to be honest, I just when I was a kid, I just followed the show. I didn't actually play the games. So, Well, I mean, that's you're in the lore if you're doing that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> um anyway yeah i've talked about that that's films and filth the yeah. this is the twilight zone this is time enough podcast we're on x and uh facebook if you want to contact us we're at patreon at podcastio podcastius where you'll hear those and some gamer shows i'm not on like luke loves pokemon and the game game show and hyrule field report for those of you that may be 
gamers or watchers of Pokemon from back in the day. I guess that works uh, since yeah. you're, you're listening yeah. to the Luke Loves Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, no, no, too, it's nice. Uh, like, even if you just want to revisit nostalgia, like over the years of all the different Pokemon that's came out, you could just I think he's got five years of history of those show that show. Right. Bite sized chunks. So, yeah. I mean, they're perfectly the time. They're little, they are little chunks. Like, I think the longest episode I've listened to so far is like 13, 14 minutes. And that's, <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. easy. For me, uh, for, for my listening and pod, I like longer podcasts simply because I always listen to podcasts while walking around. So I don't have to mess with my phone if it's a long one. <laughs> yeah. I usually, uh, I like gaming and podcasts, you know, like putting my TV on mute, playing a fighting game, and then listening to like either your podcast or some other podcast, you know? Yeah. I, I just, I, I never listen to podcasts like inside my house. <laughs> it's always outside the house for me. So. And then my brother's had a podcast for like two years, but I'm just now starting to listen to it. <laughs> oh my. Okay. I'm related well, to the guy and I'm just now giving him, you know, giving him a listen. listening to this one. I think my dad only hears if I directly send them to him anyway. So, <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I don't think I have anything to, do I have anything to confess? Oh, I have something to confess. I, I left my fake pair of Crocs in the hotel room two days ago on purpose so i wouldn't have to pack it that's my confession someone had to deal with those shoes anything you want to confess i confess nothing and i go to the grave with everything Wake up from the spell of entertainment In the Gnosis, make your statement Walking courage where archons haunt Beyond the mirages they flaunt In the light of the sun Falls the scales from my eyes In the light of the one It's where I shed my skin Seven, those forces beneath you Don't do the evil that some do Damien says it's in control But you're the helmsman of your soul In the light of the sun Falls the scales from my eyes In the light of the one It's where I shed my skin Orthodoxy, no heresy Light from the one brings clarity For the Gnostic revelation Check your psychic radio station In the light of the sun Falls the scales from my eyes In the light of the one It's where I shed my skin Never, never found my 